Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better with our restrictive dieting. And today is the 100th episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. Hard to believe it's been February 2022 since I started this episode or this show and I did not believe that I would get this far. But one episode per week, every single Wednesday, I have been consistent, I have delivered. So for the 100th episode of the show, I was thinking who would be a good guest that I would like to bring on. So I rewind back to the years to when I first started listening to podcasts and who was the first first podcaster that I listened to? None other than Brian Keane from here in Galway. So on today's episode, we have Brian Keane back on again for the second appearance. For anyone who didn't listen to the first episode of Brian Keane, it was on the episode number 2022, or episode number 22, should I say. And on today's episode, we don't speak as much about the fitness side. It's actually a lot more deviated around the mindset, around building some good habits for 2024, around process-based goals versus outcome-based goals. Brian really opens up in the episode too and and just describes some of the personal challenges that he's undergone this year in 2023 in terms of his relationships in particular, maybe a scare in his family with his dad and illness and sickness. But everyone, there's a lesson in this for us to learn and that is how to overcome tough times when you feel like you're stuck in a rush, when you feel like you can't get out of it, when you feel like there's no end in sight. And Brian really, really opened up in the episode, which really took me by surprise, I must say. So we speak about everything from fitness to to nutrition, but big on the mindset side. So if you do get fired from the show, make sure that you are liking and subscribing so you don't miss out on future episodes. And I'll also post a link in the show notes so you can check out Brian's podcast, the number one health and fitness podcast in Ireland. And you can also, if you aren't doing so already, please follow Brian, follow myself on Instagram, post both the links in the show notes. So Brian King Fitness and Adrian McDonald slash Mac Lifestyle Fitness. But without further ado, here is the 100th episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald. And it is hard to believe that this is the 100th episode of the podcast, officially live, the first episode of 2024, even though we are filming it in 2023. And I was thinking of a list of guests that I would like to have on for the 100th episode. And I was thinking back, okay, well, resort back to my days, 2016, 2017, working as a primary school teacher. And who was the first person that I listened to in a podcast? And then I said, well, wouldn't it be nice if I got that person on again for his second appearance? So today I'm delighted to have Brian Kane, who's an online fitness coach, nutritionist, business coach, public speaker. He's a best-selling author and all-around great guy. Back on the Lifestyle Literature Show for the second time. So Brian, thanks so much again for being here, my man. <laughs> mate, I am absolutely honored to be the 100th guest. And mate, that's such a testament to your consistency because there's very few podcasts that make it to 100. Um, so yeah, I just want to outwardly say how amazing that is as somebody that's been doing it for many years and seen the drop off. So great job, Adrian. Yeah. And you know what, Brian, it's weird. Like I was always listening to you back in the day, 2017, 2018, when I was doing in, in-person PT in the gym in town. And at the time, this was what, five years ago now, you were saying, 
why you should start a podcast now. And I'm like, oh, no, it seemed way too complicated. But you were saying that you were recording episodes in the back of your car sometime. And I think it's just once I made the leap and realized it's actually not that difficult. Get a Zoom set up, get a freaking microphone, press the record button, upload it and, and just stream it out. 100%. Like, it's similar to fitness, to weight loss, to building muscle podcasting business we overcomplicate it massively it's like what's the foundation basics you need to do get a microphone set up zoom or riverside or you know whatever you want to use and just put out the content to people so we can overcomplicate a lot of things i've noticed in the again myself included with life and sometimes it's just down to bare bones and being consistent with things a hundred percent and speaking of overcomplicating so this is going to be the first episode of of 2024 brian and often I find that people over overcomplicate fat loss, weight loss, getting fitter, getting healthier, getting leaner. What would you say are some common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to improving their overall health and fitness? It's a great question, Adrian, because this time of the year is when this is most prevalent and that's too many changes too soon. That is the the one thing I see is people thinking intensity over consistency um, and really when people have overdone, let's say Christmas as an example, because we all like to have, you know, I eat way too many quality streets. I drink too much alcohol. I train not as much as I should. And I regret none of it because I'm like, this is the time of the period. It's 4% of the year. I'm like, it's totally fine. I'm going to go and enjoy this month or enjoy these two weeks. And then the temptation in the new year is to make all these changes, start going to the gym, you know, five, six, seven days a week when you, you know, or were a beginner or you were going three days a week before the Christmas or having salad for breakfast, lunch and dinner or chicken, broccoli and rice for breakfast, lunch and dinner because you've overindulged. That's normally a recipe for falling off track. Like you ask anybody in any walk of life, there's times in a place when you should sprint. And I'm a believer, you know, this from working together in business, we should, we should sprint, put your head down and just do what you need to do. But with weight loss, with building muscle, with body composition, with the skinny fat and the people that you serve in particular, going too hard too soon is a recipe for falling off track. And I tell people just, you know, keep the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid, like just be straightforward with your nutrition, make healthier food choices, be consistent with that. And exercise and move more three, four or five times a week, whatever works for your schedule. And if you can't do it and you can't see yourself doing it in the middle of July, you shouldn't be doing it the first week of January. Unreal. Unreal. Brian, I'm absolutely with you on that. It's that all or nothing mentality really, isn't it? It's kind of like the case that, you know, you feel that you've eaten chocolate for the last two, three weeks consistently, but now all of a sudden, for some reason, you feel that you're not going, you're just never going to eat chocolate again for the month of January or month or month of January, February, whatever it might be. Um, What would you say then? So off the back of that, what are some good strategies for success, Brian? Having a target and a goal that you're working towards. And I think the biggest mistake people make in this time of the year, they make it all through the year. But again, similar to making too many changes too soon, I see it most often in January, is setting too big of a goal or a target as yeah. opposed to setting micro goals. I know you're really big on this with your clients, having micro goals that they're working towards over a you know 30-day period, 60-day period, 90-day period, and setting that as the primary goal because people will think, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds this year or 50 pounds this year, or I want to get X amount on my squat or I want to do X, Y, or Z. When in reality, that's a great goal to have. And I you know keep the end in mind. It's one of the habits of highly effective people from seven Stephen Covey's book. And I'm a big fan of keeping the end in mind but you have to break it down into micro cycles, 30 days, 60 days, 90 day goals that you're trying to hit. I think once you do that, it's easier to stay motivated because there's a big misconception that motivation is something that people either have or they haven't. 
And that's not true. Motivation is just a feeling. It's just the state change. You can change your motivation by listening to an inspiring podcast or putting on your favorite music or, you know, listening to a TED talk or there's a whole host of ways to get motivated to shift that state change. But ultimately, it's your discipline and your habits that determine your success over the long term. So you want to make sure that you're doing things consistently and feeding that motivation. And the way you do it is by setting those small goals. You hit the target, then you set the next goal, you hit the next target, and you keep going and going and going. And then effectively, it just becomes part of the process of how you're achieving the end goal that you've set for yourself. And it's not a consistent or a complete focus on the outcome, which again, sets people off track because they don't feel motivated because they're not moving fast enough or getting the results as quickly as they want. And then that's a recipe for falling off track as well. A hundred percent. And the big misconception, as Brian said there with motivation, people think that, okay, I'll get motivated, then I'll start. It's the other way around. The motivation comes from the action. The action comes from the results you get. And you're only going to get results by taking that initial first step. So whether that's, you know, getting your gym membership, whether that is going for a freaking walk, going for a run, going for a workout, maybe just reducing or keeping your food 80-20. It all starts with the action first and the motivation will follow. Brian, I'm a big believer. So this time of year, what I typically, now I haven't actually drank alcohol in 2023, unless you count a protein alcoholic drink that I mistakenly took. But um, I'm a big believer as well. I'm actually a big fan this time of year because typically January, February, not a whole lot seems to be going on until maybe Paddy's Paddy's Day or so in Ireland. And ironically, 75 days from New Year's Day to Paddy's Day it is. So I'm actually a big believer sometimes in going monk mode and going a bit hard for the first maybe, you know, two, two and a half months or so. What are your thoughts on that whole concept of, okay, I'm just going to put the head down now. I'm going to push. I'm going to sprint. I'm going to go hard for, we'll say, a 10 or 12 week period. I think it really depends on the season of your life and at what stage of your life you're at. I had Rob Lipset on my podcast recently and he was speaking about monk mode and we were discussing this. He's a big believer in that as well. And for... The first 32, 33 years of my life, I was a fan of Monk Mode, just putting the head down and just grinding it out. And whether that was for writing a book or whether that was preparing for an ultra marathon or a race or back in the day when I would do bodybuilding shows, I've just putting my head down and going tunnel vision. I don't do it anymore, but I think it's a very useful tool to keep in your back pocket. And for anyone that's unfamiliar with that monk mode, it basically means that you set normally a big goal. You've got 75 days. You set a big goal for yourself. Well, that, whatever that is, I'm going to lose X amount of weight or X amount of body fat or build X amount of muscle or lift such amount of weight or run a marathon or whatever it is. You set a pretty big goal and then everything feasibly possible gets targeted towards that goal. Your nutrition, your supplementation, your recovery, your sleep. And I think it's a really good thing to be able to do. I personally don't do it anymore. Um, yeah. I have a bit more of a harmonious life at a balance where everything is integrated better, meaning that my family, and it's different, I'm in a different setup with my life now, with my daughter, my family, my friends, my business, that even the challenges I set for myself, as extreme as they are, they don't fully require me to go into bodybuilding monk mode like back in the day when I had to prep for a show. Because when as you get older and your seasons and life change, things... Yeah don't feel as difficult. For example, when I was in fitness first, and I remember having this conversation with Paul Dermody, who was a really good friend of mine, that fitness for me, when I met him, I was 26 when I met him, I'm 36 now at the time of recording. And I told him, look, fitness is automatic for me. I don't need to think about my fitness. I don't need to think about food. I don't need to think about training. I just get that. I've been doing it for what had been more than you know 12 years, 13 years at that stage. And I told him, I want business to be automatic. So that I 
don't even have to think about it because that's when I was working with mentors. I was reading a lot of business books. I was going to courses. I was going to seminars. I was trying to get all my information so that I could make business automatic. And now at age 36, business is largely automatic for me, meaning that I know how to push a program. I know how to convert leads. I know how to turn on a specific tap if I need more revenue or I need to you know, increase bottom line revenue or whatever it is. I just know all that. It becomes nearly intrinsic. And as you get older and as you move through different stages of your life, these things tend to add up and compound, meaning that my fitness is still on automatic unless I'm doing something that's completely left field for me. And like I'm doing a lot of yoga and stuff now, and that's quite left field for me, pushes me out of my comfort zone. But but the majority of fitness for me is quite automatic. And so is business. And now it's a case of, you know, being a bit more focused on, I won't say the spiritual side of my life, but being present, like being really focused when I'm with family, being really focused when I'm with loved ones, being really present when I'm with friends. That's an area that I've neglected compared to other parts of my life over the last decade that I'm going to spend the next five years trying to make automatic as well. So I don't need to go into extreme monk mode anymore to achieve the same results. Whereas that was an absolute unbelievable tool that I had in my back pocket or in my arsenal Unreal. 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's actually a lot I want to unpack off that, Brian. So first of all, you said that fitness is automatic for you. In practical terms, what does that mean? How does that look? It means that I don't think about my fitness at all. E even when I'm training for a race or a challenge or an ultra marathon and things along those lines, I don't really think about my fitness. I intuitively train. I intuitively eat. I don't, I would say it takes 5% mental thought a day on what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to train. Yeah. And that's not a recommendation. That's just an honest, yeah. authentic answer from where I'm at, because some people are listening going, well, I need a program. I need a coach. And you should, I think everyone in the beginning, when you're going from zero to one, you get a coach. For example, I have a yoga coach. I have someone that's teaching me how to do play chess properly now, because I'm going from zero to one. I'm like, that's when you need a coach. And you also need a coach when you're either going from nine to 10, where you have to upskill i.e. what you've done with me and the business mentorship working together, you're going from a very successful to more successful, whether that's, you know, revenue wise or more time back or a more balanced 100%. and harmonious life success shows up in different ways for different people. And then in between it's the accountability and the motivation. Sometimes you can borrow motivation from a coach because that's signing up to the program is what gets you motivated. For me, when I sign up to a race, that's what gets me motivated. I'm like, okay, now yeah. I've got some structure for my training, but I don't really have to think about it. And that's what I mean when it's on automatic. And I'm not saying the majority of people listening won't be at that point, but I've been doing this training seriously now for 20 plus years, consistently five, six days a week. And it's just something now that I don't have to think about anymore. Unreal. Yeah. I'm not too, I, I'm not going to say that my training is automatic. I still do follow a program. I write my own plans, but I would say, I'm not too far behind you with nutrition in the sense that, you know, I don't really follow a diet, Brian. It's more so principles, protein in every meal. Give me veggies two, three times a day. After my workout, I want some carbohydrates for refueling um, and mostly single ingredient foods. It's actually not that difficult when you break it down. I'm curious though, Brian, I've always, so when was the last time you actually calorie counted? When I was competing in bodybuilding shows, so 2015. Wow. Yeah. If you if you were to estimate because you have such a high energy expenditure, what would you say your daily caloric intake is? Between two and a half and three thousand per day, but that does vary if I'm running. Running is yeah. the only training modality where my hunger spikes like crazy. I think it's because I'm quite big. I'm eighty five kilos. I'm five foot eight. I'm a bit like a little hobbit. So like I'm short. I'm stocky, and when <laughs> I run, my metabolic rate just seems to fire 
up like crazy. So my calories can go up if I'm running more than normal, but generally when I'm just doing maintenance or functional workouts, and even the way I'm training now is very functional, bit of bodybuilding, bit of functional, bit of CrossFit, it's about two and a half to 3000. Again, that's an estimate based on my nutritional knowledge. Um, but it's, uh, it works pretty well for me. And again, I don't need much more. I don't need much less, but I, I intuitively eat similar to you. I work off principles versus tracking anything in particular. Deadly, unreal, unreal. And once you once you understand the principles, you can follow your, you can choose your own methods, Brian. But look, I've recorded a hundred podcasts so far, and probably ninety five percent of them are on the training on the nutrition. So people can definitely unpack and get a lot more knowledge from those. But I want to actually tap in more so to the mindset, Brian, because you're someone who I've always looked up to. You're the per- first person who introduced me to this book right in front of me, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. I remember you actually, you answered one of my questions back in the day in your Snapchat stories and said, what are your top three books on personal development? And you said the 50 Success Principles by Jack Canfield, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And I forget who the third one was. It could have been The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. And all three books that I've read and I recommend anyone to do the same. But Brian, you mentioned there that, okay, so your business now, your knowledge is on automatic, your fitness is on automatic, but something you're struggling with, well, not struggling with, but something you're trying to work or progress towards is, is it that being present? Is it in the moment or just having more appreciation and gratitude? Yeah, it's a bit more trying to make the appreciation and gratitude a default. And okay. I, I am extremely grateful for the amazing people, the amazing opportunities, the amazing things in my life but I do have to work on it. I still have to journal every evening. I have to do gratitude journaling. Um, I still have issues where my mood can decrease, particularly in the winter. I get really bad. Let me, let me rephrase. I get very aware knowing where it's coming from SAD seasonal affective disorder, where if I'm not getting enough vitamin D, my mood just drops for no reason other than I'm not in the sun and I'm not getting enough daylight. So I try and even get away to Spain a little bit. I did it a couple of times this winter just to top it up a small bit. And things along those lines, when it comes to gratitude, being present, being really grateful for all the things, I want to make that a default where that's just, I wake up in the morning and I don't have to work on that. I still have to work on that because my default, which has served me massively up until recently, is to want more. It's to more, 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 more. And that works really well in some scenarios. It can lead to a lot of outward and external success, but it's normally fueled by an internal turmoil and anxiety because it's that feeling that's making you do stuff. When in reality, sometimes you just need to be focused on you know, having that conversation with the person that's right standing beside you or standing next to you at a coffee shop or a table or a dinner table for family. And that's something that still isn't automatic, but it's something I'm very aware and consciously trying to make automatic at the, at the moment and for the you know next foreseeable future. And that was a lot of your homework for me, Brian, in our most recent one-to-one meeting was it wasn't on social media tactics. It wasn't on, you know, try this out with your program. It was actually on that human connection, gratitude, appreciation side. So I think, again, I'm a few years behind you in that one, Brian. You mentioned, so it doesn't come automatic for you. You always want more. Like, in what specific areas is that coming up for you? It More recently, it's impact, meaning yeah. that several years ago, and I'm in a very fortunate 
business and financial situation where I don't have to worry about money anymore. Like I get to work with amazing people like you. I get to choose and pick and choose who I want to work with. I don't have to take on anybody in a program, in a course, in a mentorship or anything for money. If I don't want to work with someone, I don't connect with them. What I love about you, Adrian, we have very similar stories, but I said to you first or second call, there's a lot of you in me, i.e. it mirrors call. back to me. Yeah, the, yeah, it mirrors back. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember what it was like to be there and to think like that. Hence why the focus is on connection because I'm older than you. I've been on the journey longer. I'm like, okay, this is something we need to fix now because otherwise this is going to make you miserable in two years time, three years time, 10X, 100X, whatever it is now. And when I started to shift and get that balance i can't remember what the original question was what was the question adrian i've literally lost my train of thought so i was going you, off on a tangent to come back you, you mentioned you were seeking more but it's more impact it's impact because back in five ten years ago it would have been financial targets i was working towards and that's a really good thing to do in business it's very tangible it's a number you can work towards and it's very easy to kind of set your sights that if i have x amount of clients or x amount of business i'll make x amount of money in the last five years or so, I've switched it to impact. So how are my podcasts impacting people? How are my books impacting people? How is my social media impacting people in a positive way? Or is it driving them back to something that would potentially help their lives in a meaningful or a positive way? And I still have to kind of rein that horse back because I could do, and I would work 20 hours a day if you let me. I have done it in the past. And it's normally just a disconnection from checking in with what's really going on for me because I can overtrain, I can overwork, I can overdo everything. And it normally comes at the cost of just my own mental health and my own physical health. And then it starts to degrade over time when I'm doing way too much. And I'm saying yes to things I should be saying no to. And I have to practice that no muscle where it's like, no, 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 no. And I'm the king of no now, something I had to kind of hone over the last few years. But it's not as bad now, for sure. That myth of more is what I call it, where you think that when I get more, I'll be happy when, you know, if I get more money, I'll be happy. If I get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, I'll be happy. If I get, you know, a promotion at work, I'll be happy. If I get X amount of level of body fat, I'll be happy. I'll be happy when it's really who you become on the journey and who you have to become to hit the target. That's the important thing to focus on. And when you shift that from that outcome only to, I need to hit X goal to right, who do I need to become in order to hit this goal? you start focusing on that journey and that process. And that's a completely different way to approach things. And even now when I'm still going after targets and goals and that quote unquote more, I'm not focusing on the end goal. It's focusing on the day-to-day -day process because if I'm not jumping out of bed every day, loving what I'm doing, it's like, what's the point? If I'm not jumping out of bed because I get to have a positive impact on people's lives, it's the same reason I don't call people out on social media and I don't do dicky comments or fucking wanky stuff on social media because I'm like, the internet is negative enough as it is. I was like, I don't, yeah. you don't need one more Irish fella from the West yeah. making it more negative. And that's something that I'm just very mindful of. And I know it would get more reach. I know it would have more followers and no more likes if I called out some of the horse shit that I see online. But I'm like, I don't want to contribute to this negativity. I'll that's call not out authentic to you. No, it's not. It's so off for me. And it feels very out of alignment with me and who I am as a person because social media is a mask. I did a podcast on the business podcast with Aiden O'Brien where I'm like, when I'm doing social media videos, I put on my mask. I'm putting on my Brian Keen fitness mask and I'm doing my short form videos because it needs to be short and snappy and educational yeah. and whatever. Whereas a podcast is closer to me. It's closer oh, to what I'm like. hundred percent. Yeah. Brian, that's what I freaking, and again, look, as you said to me, ride the wave. You want to be in business in 
10 years time reels might be around in 10 years time but i love having conversations like this with you with any guest speakers even with myself because you don't have to worry about okay what's a two second hook that's going to capture attention how can i hold attention how can i speak around the topic talk about the topic whereas at least with this it's more of a genuine long-form conversation i know it's a slower burner in terms of the connection but i'm absolutely with you on that and just something you spoke about there is so so powerful process versus outcome-based goals for anyone on a fitness journey at the moment so they're focusing the the outcome, whether that is a goal body fat, body body fat percentage, a goal weight, um, maybe like to five k or five k, um, a five k run inside twenty minutes. What would you say would like just be some good process based goals that they could actually implement to hit any of those targets? Just some general ones that you feel will be universal to so many people. Meal prep and step counts. I think they're the two that are so process based. Have you prepped your meals for tomorrow? And have you hit your daily step count for today? I think there are two things that compound so positively over time. Now, obviously, I'm not saying to prep McDonald's for three meals for the next day. <laughs> decent, good nutritional food is food prep. And then a step count. That There are two things that are very process-driven. And if you did nothing but that for the next 60 days, 75 days up until Paddy's Day, you'd actually get really good results with that alone. Again, to push it further, you need the accountability, the coach. That's you know where you're putting in a great service for people, Adrian, and I've got my version of my program, and there's other coaches and trainers that will keep you accountable out there. But really focus on that process. Those simple things compound very positively over time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Brian, reflecting back, so in 2023, what were some personal highlights for you? And you can take this anyway from a fitness, a business, a personal point of view, just in general. I had a very challenging 2023. Um, this was my most difficult year personally in my personal life in a very long time. Um, so I, if I'm flipping it to the highlights, it's very much down to a lot of the mental resilience that came off the back of dealing with the challenges that came up be it from my dad getting sick he had cancer is now in recovery and doing really well i had a breakup i was supposed to get married and that breakup went really badly and i had a very challenging year because with life sometimes you think it's going in one direction and in one path and you can become pardon the pun married to that path assuming that this is the way life is going now and then it only takes a loved one to get sick, somebody to pass away, which thankfully didn't happen this year, a person that you thought you were going to be with forever to leave. And you realize, okay, I need to course correct. And now I need to define a new life and create a new life for myself. And when you understand that in your weakest moments, the strongest version of you is waiting to be born, it gives you a lot of strength when times get difficult. And coming into 2024, and I've done some crazy shit in fitness from running through the Arctic on a fucking torn Achilles to doing marathon to Saab and six marathons in the Sahara to bodybuilding shows to all these other challenges. They were physically difficult. This year was a very emotionally difficult year. And a quote that I had on my phone for quite a large period of time was when the caterpillar thinks it's the end of the world, the butterfly knows it's the new beginning or the start of something new. And I feel going into 2024, there's no set thing that was a highlight for the year. It was a cumulative compound 
of lots of difficult situations happening in a short period of time that made me realize I'm actually way stronger than I thought. And that you don't break in this world, you just get stronger. And it's such a cliche. It's a Nietzsche quote that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But coming into 2024, I feel very strong. I feel very happy. I feel I'm on a new path, but it's an equally fulfilling path. And I'm not directly answering your question, I know, but there was nothing in the year that jumps out as a particular highlight. But going into 2024, I feel like there's going to be quite a few because of the back end of what happened in what I would call my, my caterpillar year and getting wow. ready to come out as a butterfly. Brian, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I honestly, I've, I've actually no idea. Um, and just off the back of that, because everyone encounters times in their life when it's almost like there's no end inside or it can feel like you're just going through a tough time and it's one day that compounds to two, that compounds to a week. And it can just feel like, God, what's the point of all of this? Or you're, you're just stuck in a negative cycle. What are some ways, and you don't need to go into details, but if you ever felt that way or you just had this maybe negative self-talk and things aren't going your way, how... What are some strategies you would have used to rewire your mindset and get you out of that quote unquote rut? Something that served me tremendously during difficult times, and I'm working on the new book at the minute, and this is a section in it, so it's very fresh at the top of my head. Yeah. And that's that you can choose your belief systems and I'm not religious by any stretch. I would say I'm somewhat spiritual. I believe in God, a higher power, a universe, some, something that I can't explain or no human can explain. Yeah. But I choose to believe that everything happens for a reason. And that belief system can be an anchor on the days when you just don't want to get out of bed or the days when you wonder what's the point. And everybody in life goes through really difficult times, whether that's traumatic childhoods, traumatic life events, relationships, breakups, death of a loved one, sickness of a loved one or a family member or a friend. And it's so easy to get bogged down that you can feel that it's ending. And something that Caroline McKenna said to me who was a, a county down under. I'm not sure if you've had her on the podcast. You might've had her. I think I, I didn't, but I, I remember listening yeah. to that episode. I was in the gym in Dublin and I came out of it feeling like a hundred million dollars, man. It just put me in such a great mood. So yeah, keep she, going, Brian. Yeah. It was she, a savage episode. She's incredible. And she spoke about that. And this is something I've known, but I temporarily forgot that what you're feeling is normal. And in heartbreaking breakups, in life-threatening illness to loved ones where you feel like you're the only one going through it, other people have came through it and came out the other side. And there's a lot of strength in that because there's no new problem out there. It's written down somewhere. You just have to go yeah. and find it. 
whether that's through podcasts. And I did a podcast years ago, I think it's episode 192, the dealing with mental health, where I just pressed record and talked about my mental health struggles and the amount of messages I got off people off the back of that, because that's something that really, I won't say defined a large portion of my 20s, but was very a part of me that I had to integrate and work through. And when difficult times come, some of those weaknesses or your quote unquote perceived weaknesses can come up, come up, but they're coming up for a reason. They're coming up to make you stronger. And for anyone that's struggling with anything that they're going through in life now, there's answers out there and people that can help you, whether that's coaches, friends, support groups, communities, tribes out there that can really help you move through these things in whatever area it is of your life that you're really struggling with. And it's reaching out and taking the action step. Not everybody is fortunate enough. And I've shared my difficult months with a few of my friends and every one of them, every single one of them said, holy fuck, I had no idea. They're like, because they're like, well, have you built up as this person that's so resilient, that doesn't feel pain, that doesn't feel hurt. We're like, we have you built up in our heads as this fucking, like one of them, my friends, he's like, you're like a fucking superhero, dude. Like he goes, I listened to your Arctic episode where you're running on a fucking torn Achilles. And I'm like, man, I didn't want to fucking get out of bed for two months. Like that, that is something that you, it can come before you where friends aren't going to come in or family members and pull you out. So if you're in that bracket, you have to make the change yourself. You have to put yourself in a situation to come unstuck. And that might be with, as I mentioned, a community, a tribe. It might be joining a gym and classes or a CrossFit box. It might be, you know, joining up jujitsu or a Krav Maga or some martial arts, something that's getting your body moving and there's a community aspect. And you'd be surprised how negative things start to turn positive yeah. if you do that consistently enough. Yeah. And I think the common denominator of all the things you said there, Brian, is going back to our original point. It's some element of human connection. It's that you're not necessarily in this on your own and that every problem out there is someone had before. And that something, again, going back to the book that you recommended to me, Tony Robbins, he always says spend 10% of your time focusing on the problem and 90% of your time focusing on the solution. 100%. Couldn't agree more with that. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Brian. You're really, really opening up. And, and just looking ahead, so for 2024, you always recommend that you break your life into four buckets. You have your health, you have your wealth, you have your um, you have your fitness and you have your fulfillment slash, you know, your your personal spiritual yeah, love side. And fulfillment, yeah. yeah, love and fulfillment. Have you any goals set for any or all of those sectors looking looking ahead for this year? I do. I'm really excited with the new book that I'm writing to get that out yeah. next year. I'm in Tell the middle of it now. Yeah, it's a book. It's still taking shape. At the minute, I've got it broken into four or eight core habits. And it's to kind of help people with the mindset. It's, it's basically a follow-up to rewire your mindset. I just haven't decided how I'm going to word it and market it yet in terms of the title, but it's a follow-up book to that. The things that I've learned in the subsequent years since I wrote Rewire Your Mindset, the book that I've written of all the ones, it's not the one that sold the most, the fitness mindset sold the most, but it's the one that has the most impact is the one I get the yeah, most messages about sure. people going, I needed this book. Um, so it's a follow-up to that. I'm excited to get that out. I'm really excited with the business consulting that I'm doing, similar to what I'm doing with you. You were one of my first because I was testing it out to see, is this yeah. something I want to do? Because it, it can be, you know, potentially time-consuming. It's another business that you're building on top of your fitness business. 
and I absolutely love it. So 2024, yeah. I'm putting that, pouring gasoline on that fire exactly. and just ramping that up because I absolutely love it. We do more because we get to meet in person as well. And, and I have, you know. That's something I was so surprised of because, you know, that, was her, that wasn't her first time meeting in person, but it would have been one of her first times. And you were always saying in your podcast about, you know, different types of freedom. You have financial freedom where you have as much money as you need to do whatever you want, but then freedom of time. Freedom of time is a big thing that I'm after. And I know that you're after too. And freedom of time is being able to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want. And that was why I was surprised that, okay, like this is something that Brian is really working on when you're offering your one-to-one time because, you know, your hourly rate, <laughs> you don't need to share, but it's, 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 it's high <laughs> for a reason though, because you've been self-educating, you've been studying, you've been doing this for over 10 years. You've earned the right to charge or invest. I don't even see it as a price. Price is what you pay. Investment is what you get. Like this was a huge investment for me. So you've earned the right to do that. But just going back to what you said, that was something that I was surprised that you were offering your one-to-one time for X amount of meetups per month and actually compound that over the six months. So I've absolutely loved every minute of it so far. And that was intentional because it's funny you talk about freedom of time. I had the freedom of time to do that. And yeah, <laughs> one of the things that was happening, it's weird because I spent five years, six years building an online business that one would run without me and two didn't require my physical presence. Yeah. And when I built that and I have that in my fitness business, I was like, I fucking miss the human connection. I, was yeah. like, I actually really miss that element. And I had toyed with bringing it back in fitness, but I'm like fitness problems. And I mean this in a really nice way because yeah. I've scaled up those programs. They bore me because I know how to solve them instantly. I can tell someone do this, this, and this with, you know, muscle building, fat loss, weight loss. And I've scaled those in online programs so that they're all done there for people. Business, for the lack of a better expression, tickles my bollocks. It's something that gets me fucking, <laughs> it's something that I'm like, okay, Adrian, what are you struggling with? What's going on with yeah. social? What's going on with conversions? What's going on with this? And I can really sink my teeth into that. And yeah. so when I had to find something that got me excited, and that was the business. And then I'm like, okay, how do I get a human connection? This So I have a one-to-one option where people can meet me. You're one of them. Jonathan does it. Connor meets me sometimes um, depending on where he is in the world at the time. And I love that element of it, but that's yeah. by choice. There's a big difference between having to sell your time for money. And there's a having the option of wanting to connect with great people because we're friends now. Like we've been 100%. working together for, you know, I said this to you last week. I literally sent you a message week, the week before last. I'm like, this is business, Brian, for you, Adrian. This is friend, Brian, for you, Adrian. And there were two yeah. different pieces of advice. And I love that. Like that's something that I'm really grateful for. I'm so glad I get to do. And that's why I added it in. And it's something that I'm more excited about building out in 2024. Deadly, deadly. And I actually see that myself, Brian, with teaching like, there's, as you know, you said, there's so many parallels with teaching and coaching. But one thing with teaching is you're in a classroom full of 30 students, you're meeting all the staff, you're meeting students in the older and the younger classes. In a given day, you know, from nine until three, you could come across 100 different people and have 100 different conversations where, you know, one thing that really took me by surprise when I became fully online December 2020 was the element of loneliness that can arise from working for yourself. 
when you're the one on the laptop, you're the one doing the check-ins, you're the one filling the content. And that's actually what I want to work towards in 2024. I want to do a group client photo shoot, more meetups with my clients where they're all coming in, we're all working towards a given goal. Um, do a photo shoot, do all the good stuff, maybe go for a meal afterwards because that's they're the real things. They're the real things that you remember, Brian. I absolutely love that. And yeah, that that's awesome. So you have the you have the business side. Is there anything else? Brian, uh, you're not doing, or are you doing any crazy, crazy runs through the desert or anything? I don't know. It was funny you asked that because Simon, who I ran through the Sahara with in the Arctic, with yeah. literally texted me yesterday. He was like, what are we doing for 2024? Question yeah. mark, question mark, question mark. Um, I will do something for sure. I, I get a lot of personal fulfillment and satisfaction from physical challenges. I get to see places yeah. in the world that people never get to see. And I love that. I will do something. I have probably six or seven potential things that I'm looking towards for 2024. And then I just listen to which one is calling me. And then that's sure. how I decide on, on the races or challenges that I do. Would, would it be more so geared towards a race or a challenge or have you ever considered competing again? I have, I have toyed with competing again. Um, something that the problem with competing for me and to go back into that world is one with competing, you can't half-ass competing. It yeah. has to be your whole life. And because races, training for ultramarathons, even a 100-mile race, when you've ran and you've done your 10, 15, 20 miles, 25 miles on the day, you've largely done it. It's eaten up hours, but you've largely done it. When you're competing, you're thinking about the next meal, the next workout. I When I competed... I did well in that world. Like I got my pro card in my second show. I did. I came eighth in the world in Vegas and I, I hit a lot of the targets. Obviously I wanted to win a show and things like that, but I chose bigger shows and did well in them. So I don't feel I have that pull for that. Sure. The only thing that I would consider is there's a discipline element that comes from prepping for a photo shoot, like that group you're going to prep or prepping for a show that makes you feel really good in the day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And the problem is it can come at the cost of relationships, family, yeah. friends, romantic, can come at the cost of business because you can be brain dead and tired. Yeah. But, but there's something that you get at the end of a show 100%. that nobody can ever take away from you. You have yeah. this Adrian from yours. So I'd never say never, but unlikely because yeah. the performance element and, and also I'm built to bodybuild. Like it's the one thing that I naturally gravitate towards. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and, and it's weird because I've got that peculiar personality type that when I find something easy, I lose the enjoyment for it. Whereas I like <laughs> the challenge and having to work towards it. Fucking sadistic by nature. I know. So part of that may, means it doesn't pull to me as much, but never say never. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and it's it's ironic because the harder the challenges you do, they're the they're the things, they're the memories that will take with you. Like you will never forget, I'm sure, the marathon de Sable, your first ever marathon, running through the Arctic, doing all of these crazy things because you put your place, you put yourself in a position which probably at one time, Brian, you never thought it was even possible. I didn't even think it was possible until I completed it. I was literally midway through my third marathon in the Sahara before I thought I actually might finish Unreal. this and do this yeah, it was pretty insane man i remember following the journey i was just so bought into it um that's unbelievable that is unbelievable and you mentioned there as well it, it is about the experience like for me with the bodybuilding 
God, it only lasted about 90 seconds where you're actually up on stage. But I realized that I might never do this again. And it was probably one of the first times where I just took in every single moment. I looked at my mom in the crowd. I could see her. And like, they're the, they're the memories I will take with you. It's it's the process. It's the journey. And I'm looking back now, Brian, my calories are doubled. And I'm like, God, how did I do it on maybe 16, 1700 calories? You don't realize it. But when you're in that, when you're in that bubble, when you're working towards something, and if it's meaningful enough to you, if it's something you really want, you'll freaking do, you'll find a way. And uh, that's absolutely what you've done, Brian. Tell me this, when it comes to just the mastering the monotonous and the daily, your daily routine, what are some things that you do every day to try win the day? If you were to reflect back on a day, what are some boxes you'd like to take that today has been one of those good days that I've won? A two, normally have I worked out and have I done deep work? They're normally yeah. the kind of the two main things. There's other things that will come later in the week. I tend to split my week. Monday's a free day. Monday's historically for me been my training day. So when I was training for ultras and I might have to do 20 miles, Monday was a training day for me. So I would that would be the priority for that day. Tuesday was always program work or in this case, mentorship check-ins, podcast. Wednesday was similar. Thursday was kind of more of a self-care day. So I would do my deep tissue, things along those lines. Yeah. Um, and then Friday was more of an admin day and just making sure everything was all set up and then the weekend was off. And within those and within that structure, I would always have, have I worked out or trained that day? And have I done normally two hours of deep work, whether that's writing a podcast or something along those lines, they're two anchors that I come back to more often than not still and have done for probably the last five years. And they have compounded very positively over a long period of time because two hours doesn't seem like a lot, but you do two hours a week. That's 10 hours, you know, over the space of a week, that's 40 hours over the space of the month. That's, you know, 500 hours or whatever it is over the space of a year of deep work. You get a lot of podcasts done. You get a lot of videos done. You get a lot of books written. If that's your focus. Unreal. Unreal. Danny, Brian, we'll, we'll, uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast, man. I really appreciate this. It's been another phenomenal episode as always. You never fail to disappoint, Brian. I always like to end the podcast with some rapid fire Q&A. And I know we did some last time as well. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know Brian's backstory, I'm not going to get him to share it now, but just go back to episode number 22. Brian speaks more about his backstory in that episode. But Brian, for this episode, so what when you hear the word successful, I remember I asked this before. Who's the first person that comes to mind? When you asked me before or ask me now? Ask you now. Oh, weirdly, but this is pure um, selection bias based on what I've been consuming. Are you familiar with Ramdas, the philosopher? The He's a like a psychedelic pioneer yogi guy who was very high up at Harvard and then had like a spiritual psychedelic experience and then just went literally healing the world. Wow. I'm consuming a lot of his content at the minute. His book, Be Here Now, I Love. And so it's probably a selection and an availability bias because of the amount of stuff I've been consuming yeah. him recently, but Ram Dass, yeah. Ram Dass, Daddy, I have to check him out. I have to check him out. Daddy, okay. What's one you have you've implemented in 2023? Ice baths. I've been doing ice baths since 2019 to prepare for the Arctic, but they weren't really part of my routine. They were a bit more sporadic. Now they're part of my daily routine. Deadly, deadly. I must get on that bandwagon. If you go back in time, Brian, what's one piece of advice you give to your younger self when you started? Chill the fuck out. Chill the <laughs> fuck out. Just deadly. Like 
again, it served me to be a highly anxious person and to adopt that characteristic and personality because it meant I got a lot of stuff done. But now I was, because I were releasing this on in January, but we're a couple of days away from my 36th birthday. And I've been thinking about the next 36 years of my life. And I'm like, I'm just going to chill the fuck out. I was like, I want to have more fun. I want to laugh more. I've been way too fucking serious. I've been way too focused on achievement and external things. And I want to spend the next 35, 36 years having impact, connecting with people, having more fun and laughing more. Off the back of that, Brian, looking back so in the last 15 years, would you say it's been worth it? Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't change a thing. I think one of the things that came up for me, and it's weird, we had a conversation, and I won't get into it because it was a private conversation. We had a conversation on one of our calls that went quite deep on both sides. And I was able to hold space and offer advice to you based on where I had been previously. I felt like I was literally speaking to a younger version of me. The only reason I'm able to hold that space and help other people who are hurting or in pain in some area of life. I'm not just saying you, I'm saying anyone I've spoken to is because I've been through it and I've been there. Yeah. And all the difficulties, all the challenges, all the success, all the emotional reflection, all the experiences that I've had, the difficult, the good, the bad, the amazing, they are, and I am who I am today because of all those things. And although it was difficult at times, and I would probably if I could do it again and I had to replay on life again as me, I might be a bit more relaxed doing it. But ultimately, I think my mission and my purpose is based on the fact that I've been through those difficult times. I'm now able to talk to people who are going through it as well and offer real time, practical advice for what someone needs to do because I've lived it. So yeah, it's been totally worth it. Brian, before I ask the final question, where can for anyone who for some reason doesn't follow you or doesn't know anything about Brian Keane, where's the best place to send them, Brian? Well, definitely the Brian Keane podcast is where you get the most authentic and raw me. Um, if you want the mask and the entertaining version where there's a lot more swears and a lot more like hooks so that you can get some education in your content, then Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, but the podcast is my baby for sure. Deadly. I'll link that in the show notes, Brian. Brian, the last question of the episode, because it says the Lifestyle Lifter show, what is your definition of living a successful lifestyle? That your family and loved ones don't think you're a dick, which sounds like a very peculiar thing to say, but as somebody that has at times in my life And I'll revert back to another quote. I'm a man for a quote, but don't forget the flowers at your feet when you're reaching for the moon. There was times in my life when I was so selfish towards a goal, towards working towards something that was for me or whatever I thought I had to do when it came to business or success or fitness or whatever it was. And I don't want to go to my grave or people to pass through this world that are the closest to me and think he was a bit of a dick. So success for me means that you can have and reach for the moon, have your external success. But ultimately, if you talk to my family members, my five closest friends, the people who know me better than anybody, they'll have good words to say about me. And that's what, again, very simplistic, I know, but it's what success means to me. 
no better way to wrap it up. Brian, thanks so much again for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your authentic self. And as always, here's to the next 100 episode of the Life's a Lifter show, but I'll be tuning into yours every week. And just thanks so much again, Brian. Absolute legend. My pleasure, Adrian. Keep up the amazing work.